Hello and welcome to Gone for Dust Memories. We are back and boy have we got a show for you. We've got kit reviews, we've got news, we've got an F91 roundtable discussion. We've got Gundam Breakers 3 chat, we've got Gundam Thunderbolt, we're going to mention, we've got a quiz, we've got Jim Cinema Review and we've got your questions. Have we got a quiz? We'll be right back. I feel like anyone that listens to your podcast or like Mecha Games a lot of videos like would tune in and this would be very confused <laughs> like, who, who is this person the man with the charisma of a game show host and the voice you're hearing is oh I'm uh, Barry Topping it's good to be back it's good to be back great to have you back <laughs> <laughs> cheeky as hell oh, and we've I'm got Jim Purvis back again and I'm your host, Owen O'Donnell, and I'll be editing this episode, and I know you're wondering what does that mean for you as the listener. Well, it will be the same as every other episode, aside from the fact that every now and then I will be dropping in the English dub voice of General Septum. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm not talking about the results! You're abusing the Alliance military's valuable combat resources! So what's been happening in the, the world of Gundam? Yes, uh, let's have kit news. First, I'm maybe? Okay. Hyakushiki. Revive. Yeah, we kind of called... Well, I don't want to be like, we called that, but I think we had a, mm-hmm. a feeling. That's they've done basically all the, the Zeta guys now. Apart from, obviously, I don't think Rick Diaz is going to be getting that. Oh, how good would that yeah, be? That would be good, Ricky. but I don't think it's going to happen. He's a, that, that's a 1999 kit, and it has a lot of problems. Right. So I would really so like a, a Revive one. Well, with Rick Diaz itself. How many Hyakushiki... Sheepy. What? How many? I'm doing the edit, so no one will ever know that. Uh, how many Hyakushikis? Sheepy. Sorry. Barry? Do you not know how to say Hyakushiki? Uh, how many of them have we now? A lot. There's, there's quite a few. There's like the one, there's like the Grips one, there's the Mega Beam, what's it called? Beam. Oh, the Mega launcher. Bazooka. Mega, Mega Bazooka. Mega Bazooka launcher? No. And there's the revive. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of more bad things. There's, there's the Gila Shiki one as well, like the gold plated oh, version of the Mega Shiki. So there is. And yeah. then there's all the various Master Grade ones. There's like there's the Balut the System one. And are we confident one. that this revive one is going to. No, because it's that. The finish on it is like. Yeah, it's like sick. See the colour of the gold on the Banshee. It's like that kind of perloid gold. Yeah. Oh. No, I know they, these, they have no. the plastic from the Master Grade obviously they know how to do it now without it looking probably so the Master Grade is the best uh, probably two, push, uh, it would probably push the price of it for a high grade too high plus you can always get gold spray paint and the gating on it with real gold I don't know that's a shame because the revived well the Master Grade was undergated uh, well again it, an under, uh, undergating and the gold colour might make it a bit expensive for a high grade I think but the revived kits did feel like a sort of the bridge yes. gap between master grade quality and oh. high grade. So it's a shame. I know we already talked about it last time, but Revive Kubli, so good. Amazing. We'll, we'll get, get you. We'll get no, there. No, no, well, you talked about it last time, so we won't have to talk about it. It's good. It's good. I like the anime proportions of the Revive kits. Oh, yeah. I got the Mark II as well, and I feel like it's a much more reasonable proportion kit to have alongside the other Zeta mm-hmm. kits. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, the real, the real grade is really nice, but it won't. You can't put the real grade next to the revived cube. Like that's that. true. Well, that's that's what I've done, Different and I am feeling that, that kind oh. of. I think I would like the revive in there instead. Um, as good as the well, real yeah. grade is, mm, yeah, it's very good. It's great fun to build. And we've got new build fighters. 
Kits. Yes, because we got another, uh, just an OVA this time that continues on from Try, which no one's probably that excited <laughs> What's the about. I really like Try. I like parts of it. I don't like. Domon's finally going to show up. Hopefully, surely. yeah. <laughs> and uh, the Try Fighters, the new kits, are any of them tempting you? Angel Bear Guy. Yeah, I, I was saying I wasn't that interested in that Quantakai until I got a closer look at it and realised it has kind of cat ears. But it's a nice colour scheme as well. It's like yeah. a nice kind of four colour Oh, yeah, yeah. Suit. It works quite well. Sells in colours. And what else was it? The Gansalots? I prefer to consider them uh, 7-Eleven colours. 7-Eleven colours. <laughs> the Gansalots should be interesting because it'll be built mostly off the Revive. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. and the Revive again. Yeah, yeah one amazing. thing I wanted to compare was whether the R35 goof and the Revive goof are quite similar. Because I remember when they released the R35, they were like, oh, it's a new mould. It's not the old goof mould. So I wonder if it. I think they would I wonder be. if that became the Revive goof. Plus you got the MS, MSD goof as well. Rambo Rowell's like, prototype goof with the... Ah, that's, that's really different from the Revive. Yeah, I think so. Um, I like, I really, again, I like how the goof, the Revive goof is more of the kind of anime oh, yeah. proportions. Mm. We don't like realism or anything like that. We just want to... Well, that was something I wanted to. <laughs> I was going to touch on later, um, in terms of like I feel like oh, well, I'll come back to it. Okay. Given how terrible, well, it fits more into what I was saying about when my review. But we'll oh, stay tuned. Stay okay. tuned. It was just about opinions. like it was just about like how far do you go from like looking like it came out of the anime to looking like it came out of a real life Air Force base? And everyone knows real life's terrible right now, so right. why would you want to be reminded of that with realistic mobile suits? There's those the three P Bandai ones they released like the real type the real oh yeah yeah are like the really kind of horrible color scheme but they have the kind of sweet box art it's like kind of classic eighties mm-hmm. box art they're pretty cool yeah. um, they're really just still turning out kits at a pretty high pace and I noticed that master grades are basically still reserved to just P Bandai efforts these days I'm surprised uh, given they're doing the uh, TV series of Unicorn at the moment. There isn't more Unicorn kits coming out, but there is the, obviously the RG Sininju, which looks awesome. Yeah, that seems to be their big Unicorn tie. And I noticed some other things as well. Like um, There's like a Stark Jagan prototype. Oh, is there? But it's P Bandai. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So That's again, it's, there's a lot of variant, like Unicorn suit variants, but it was coming out as P Bandai. Ah, okay. RG Sininju, though, is a pretty big one because everyone thought they would just do a real grade unicorn yeah, yeah. which would have enabled them to do a full armour Everything, unicorn yeah, and then a banshee yeah, yeah. and then mm. a banshee norn and then they'll get around to it I know they will but no Sinanji looks really good especially because they've obviously left the water slides for the gold detail yeah. behind now and it's like it's just own kind of it pops into the oh, yeah. you know the, the armour pieces I like it yeah that's a really nice idea that's what you know colour separation has become like a massive bugbear for me especially with older kits so it seems like on the new ones they're going fucking hell for leather on it, which is... The Revive Kibli was really good for that, actually. It had a lot of, like, on the shoulders and stuff, having little purple bits you could pop underneath mm. and things like that. Aye. I'm a fan. And what else was there? Was, there was San Andrew and there was one other. Oh, yeah, the the Thunderbolt Master Grades. Oh, yeah. They announced what they're going to be, the Full Armor Gundam and yeah. then the Psycho Zaku. Got little missile pods in the legs. It looks quite cool. Aye. It looks... It looks like, I mean, the problem with the Thunderbolt high grades is that they were just a sticker fest because there's so much going on in those kits that it's really hard to make it translate to that scale. But the Master Grade looks like, you know, like a serious piece of design. Like, the amount of stuff it comes with as well looks pretty mm-hmm. staggering. 
But one thing I noticed is it has those fucking bin bag joints <laughs> that the old Patley War kits have. And like I've only heard terrible things mm. about them. Because I noticed that Banzai Hobby were selling off all their 90s Patley War stuff. And uh-huh. the whole, I was thinking about getting one, but then I remembered yeah. someone was like, nah, it's got fucking bin bag arms, man. Yeah, because Zac- <laughs> that Zaku's got like the bin bag stuff, but it's all plastic. Ah, it's kind of yeah. space city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it actually has like black, shiny mm. kind of bin bag plastic on the like film. But they might, I mean, by now they might have found a better way to implement that into the oh, kit. I hope so, because I do love that look. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, the Psycho Zacco should be like a massive kit because the high grade's are like in a big fucking box. Oh, yeah, box, it comes in a big so box. The master, it's got oh, that, like that. Back. Yeah, the binder thing with four bazookas in it. <laughs> but I mean, I don't like that, but like I really like as a kit, like it's a really nice kind of high mobility Zacco with like a, with, you know, some nice bells and whistles. But the thing that I'm excited about that is whether it'll be built on the 2.0 Zacco frame or not. It's like as far as I'm aware, amongst modelers, like that's everyone's favorite inner frame. Like the 2.0 Zaku inner frame is like perfect. It's like it looks amazing and it's really well designed. So I'll be interested to see if they're planning on a a new Zaku variant at some point. But because they brought out all those, they re-released a Johnny Ridden Zaku a couple months back as like a P Bandai, but as a okay. Master Grade. Because I mean that's all they fucking do these days is like all Master Grades are P Bandai. Which means none of us are ever going to get them. The end of the Master Grade. Does it seem like there's a lot less Master Grades coming out this year? Yeah, so I saw some pictures of the, the Freedom 2.0 just came out last month. And I saw some comparison pictures of like the inner frame of that compared to the inner frame of some kits that were released 10 years ago. And like they've really kind of dialed back on the amount of detail they're putting into oh, the right. frames, which I think is I suppose disappointing a lot of people. As high grades become more impressive, probably the the temptation to get a Master Grade slips away. I mean, when with these Revive kits coming out... I got the okay. I got the 1100 um, Ifrit. I've not built it yet, but I'll be interested to see what that's like because something I said that, that I see coming up about all those kits is they feel like, even though they're wildly different kits, like compare the like the GPO4 to the Ifrit, like I th- I'm seeing yeah. that they're quite similar building experiences, all right. which strikes me as weird. They use a lot of the same kind of joint Tech, not tech, I'm doing air quotes, technology and stuff like that. So that's kind of weird. But I do feel like Master Grade has lost its place. And I feel like... It, yeah, it's not... I mean, it was their, it's their biggest selling line for that's a while, it. as far as I'm aware. Okay. I think okay. it's always been eclipsed by High Grade now, but I think for a while it was like... It was a I big deal. That, yeah, that makes sense when High Grades were less impressive. Is mm. the Ifrit not getting a P-Bandai as well? I think I've read uh, about the, that. Yeah, the I- Ifrit Schneid. Yeah. It's funny Schneid. how like... Like a few weeks after it came out, I saw someone did like a Schneid custom, and then like a day later, they announced the P Bandai one. It's like, imagine you were that guy. You'd be raging. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's another unicorn tie in. Mm-hmm. They've reached Schneid, but it's like, let's just make it P Bandai. I feel like with stuff like that, you know, if they just released an option set, like just a wee, the runners that you can add the stuff to it, you know, you'd buy that, but you, you're not going to, you know, get another. Bandai, come on. Because, I mean, I feel like, is that maybe the first Reborn 100 P Bandai? It's like there's, what, five kits out in the line and they're already on yeah, the, the P I Bandai. So. I mean, yeah, I can't think of any others. It's a shame. I feel like it's even when I was in Japan, if you didn't know, I was in Japan a couple months oh, ago. And I went, I went back to that place where you got your Crossbone X2 from. And basically all that shop is doing now is they go around all the Mandarakis and buy up all the kits and then sell them in... Right. Their weird indoor shop in Akiba for three, four times the price. 
Ah. Wonder why I wonder how they managed to get away with that, just taking advantage of people coming into town and basically it's fucking nippy. I mean, you seen some some of the stuff they have in those. It's like it's like it's a big it's a big tall building next to the station, and they have just stuff in display cabinets. Basically, they go around buying up stuff from like gacha machines and crane games, yeah. and then they put them in a cupboard and then they sell them. Akihabara. We're calling you out. I know. <laughs> We're back. All the Akihabara <laughs> listeners. Because, like, Mandaraki was fucking desolate this time yeah. compared to Are the it? selection when we were there. Like, I mean, there was a, a lot of stuff in, I had in my head that, like, oh, I really want to go and see if they've got it. But it's just it. yeah, nothing, man, because mm. people, are, people are buying it up to sell in their shops in Akiba or people over here, Japan Cool, oh. are buying it up and then marking it up and selling it on their website. <laughs> But it's kind of a shame. We're coming you out. I have a pre-order with him just now, so don't air it until I get one. <laughs> okay, oh, we, we can cut that. <laughs> <laughs> we need a we're calling you out sting. High noon. What would, yeah, what would be the Gundam equivalent of the, the shade noise? I don't know. <laughs> I did a... Like, I, I did a... made the mistake of doing a Mandaraki order a couple of days before Brexit. And then obviously when they sent the payment email, I was like, oh my God, <laughs> this is bad times. <laughs> but even like Mandaraki's online now, they're charging 2,000 yen postage on something that costs 1,500 yen. It's like Sal as well. It's so like, far. it's not real. They're just, because they know that foreign people are going to go and buy the, their gumpa from them because they're cheap. It's now no longer the case, unfortunately. I'm getting into Airfix. This is way too expensive now. Gundam's <laughs> over it's as getting, a hobby. It's getting expensive. But. It's revel time. <laughs> so is there any more? You can't, so yeah, there's more Bellfighter stuff. We want, talking about the, the... Is it Kirara? Was that her name? The, the Kirara, idol, uh, idol yeah, from Gibraltar. Yeah, that's coming out soon. And it comes with little holographic option parts for the Finichi, which if you remember in the better Bellfighter series, the Gerber Tetra hugs. My God, thingy magic. Jim, you're always raging about something. Like. I know. <laughs> always got some latent guns. It's like he's calling down. you out. I'm not saying try. It was terrible. I'm going to drop in the. It's high noon. like every two minutes. I have to admit, I I did watch I did watch Try with the hope that the characters from the first series would show up yeah, pretty much constantly. Yeah. But you got Domin instead. You didn't you? You got fake Slager. You got maybe two seconds. Don't was he even in it? I can't what even remember if he actually. No, he wasn't up. actually in it. He was just in the crowd. Was just in the. But yeah, yeah, fake Slager was pretty good actually. Fake Slager, he was okay. Then you had Lady Majin Kawaguchi who didn't do it. There was the guy with the, with the Nelly, really the Nelly plaster yeah. that snap built the destiny. Uh, yeah, that guy was cool. I liked him and his wee brother. No, I really liked the character of Lady. How she was like, you know? She had a lot. And then event in the end, she. Um... Anyway, uh... <laughs> hey man, I had the cool throat singing. It's fine. So, Super Robot Wars. Oh yeah, yeah. Continuing it's... on the trend started by I Gundam. No, Gundam Extreme versus Force was the first one. The first Bandai Band Presto. I think we can pat ourselves on the back because if it wasn't for GDM, then <laughs> <laughs> you know. So, so you know, we don't need to thank us, guys. The last episode was like the self-flagellation special. Are we doing it again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, fair play to us. <laughs> You're well, all we did use our we used our influence to get Gundam Breaker. We got Race Digital to release Gundam Breaker through you a few days early as well. Yeah, just oh, cost me an absolute yeah. fucking fortune. <laughs> <laughs> but still, thanks, guys. hey man, uh, and that was in a fucking pre-Brexit world as well. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, 
How did everyone enjoy Gundam Breaker 3? It was why it was why as someone who played one and two, it was what I expected and the customization was fantastic. The only problem is as just as much as the last two, you have to put in a lot of work to make mm. little bits of progress and some missions just will go on forever. It feels like and your reward is you get a new pair of arms that are marginally better than the arms you had. Not really enough variation in gameplay going True. on. It's like you can play through a while and to sit and play for five, ten minutes, perfectly fine. If the missions but, were faster, I wouldn't be as angry, but sometimes well, not angry would, I f- would be as disappointed. I'd, I'd maybe play it for like a couple of hours and that would be like maybe 20 minutes of playing a mission and then like an hour and a half. I think that is the that became the gameplay for me. The the kit building element is definitely they deserve big GDM round of they applause. Do with some that, but, other things to do with your gunplay, like put them in competitions. Uh, <laughs> how they would evaluate whether it looks good or not. In, in a world that is absolutely saturated with missile games though, it's mm. like they basically gave us a crap. It's missile. not yeah, it's not fast enough. It's, uh, you can just Certain weapons, if you just press triangle, you can mm. infinitely combo. Like, as soon as I gave my kit a lance, uh-huh. it was just like, well, that's me pushing triangle for yeah. the rest of the... It's just sort of disappointing when you're playing a mission and you clear out all the enemies in an area and, and it took ages and you move on to the next area. What's going to happen there? It's just... And you're doing the exact same. I feel the most terrifying thing about it is like... It it works as a marketing tool because I like I never I've never looked at a, a Gelgug Jaeger before and thought that's the kit I want to buy. <laughs> Two days after I bought Gundam Breaker, I was like, I'm gonna buy that. I'm gonna buy that kit. I just want the backpack. Yeah. It's like because that's the thing when you start trying out customs, you're like, shit, I could really do this. <laughs> but I mean, that's a that's a dangerous hole oh, yeah. to fall into. Like mm. it's just satisfying when you go to the little shop and you see the boxes and you're like, oh, I've got that, or oh, I'd like that. It's definitely a it's these it's these guys that post on like the the Gumpla groups on Facebook. They put up a post in the middle of the day how they just like you know their Taobao order is coming and they've got eight Zakus for building a custom. It's like <laughs> why aren't you at work? <laughs> is it is this is this me looking into my possible future? It's a terrifying prospect. Like uh, the um, the fact that it's an Asian English release. Mm-hmm. How do they come about? Is is there a team in Japan, who do the translation, or is be, it like a, a it's quite a, translation? It feels like a, it feels like a quite a, no, it's a mechanical, but it seems like a very literal translation. It doesn't seem like they've editorialized it much. It's just here's exactly what the characters are saying, which I kind of like, to be honest. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like it's jarring or that. You'd read it and you understand yeah. it. But it's fine because obviously the, the given the recent localization controversy that's been <laughs> happening everywhere, it's like sometimes. You know, sometimes that you just want yeah. a translation. You you don't yeah. want people putting their own spin on. Give by the Nobel's hip ones. There is uh, <laughs> <laughs> there is a, a frustrating thing sometimes when you're playing. You know what is these usually quite Japanese games rooted in uh, Japanese culture, and characters start saying things that feel like really Americanized. Yeah. And you don't want to hear someone do a fucking 
meme or Aye. something. Aye. It's, it's, it's testament to how quickly companies can get together a localization if they really just want to get it done. Like Digimon was the same when they announced that it was getting a localization. It was out in a matter of months. So I don't know what's happening at Namco Bandai, but their team are fucking on on point. With they that only had to do an English translation as well, which was probably made it easier. But yeah, it's not something we have to worry about anymore. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I wonder if. I don't want to. Maybe there's maybe there's a silver, silver lining in this cloud to get some games earlier because we're not waiting on France and like. Well, video games are going to cost a hundred pounds now, but yeah, that's true. A hundred pounds or ten dollars. They were getting. Well, Gundam Breaker was getting there anyway, so it's not that much of a job. It was quite expensive, because <laughs> I because I cancelled two, tried to cancel two pre-orders because I bought. The oh, oh you bought the Japanese one. Bought the Japanese one before. Yeah. Remember this? Remember this? <laughs> just edit and just edit. If you're doing the edit, just take the clip from, from the last episode, episode and just drop it <laughs> in again. Do you think if we put out last episode as a new episode, do you think anyone would say anything? <laughs> Great episode, guys. I'll just put some like where there's original advert style music <laughs> underneath the audio. So, oh, do you remember? Jim is very All much the, the kid from then. the where there's original advert. Anyway, Aww. you're his granddad. <laughs> <laughs> Give him a toffee. <laughs> I gave him a biscuit. Oh, you did two actually. Thanks, Granddad. Well, I gave you one. You took a second one. Now uh, <laughs> the super yes, super robot yeah, wars. Yes, super robot wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that tempting to yeah. anyone? It's... I really love the art style in those. Yeah, yeah, I've played two to completion and played a few others. They are pretty fun. They are so they're essentially for people who. I've never played Super Robot Wars. It's a strategy RPG, so I'd say closely related to games like Fire Emblem mm. or um, Advance Wars a wee bit as well. Um, generally, there's there are ones that are crossovers and there are ones that are original stories. I think the ones that appeal to most people are the crossovers where various robot franchises get together and there's usually some alien threat or something and universes come together and you get pilots and robots and you can do fun things like take Shinji Akari and put him in the God Gundam or things like that which is always good fun you can put Dome on in Unit 1 (laughs) (laughs) so if I get this new Super Robot Wars game Mm -hmm. is there a chance that there's going to be 15% Gundam robots and then a whole bunch of stuff I've never seen before it's still mostly Gundam uh, I yeah, think there's mo- more non-Gundam it. than Gundam, but as a single franchise, Gundam is by far the biggest. There's a lot often, as the name would imply, there's often a lot of super robots as well. Mm. So you might get some Mazinger. Might introduce to some new stuff. Like, you might like yeah, there might be some new animes. Might turn into a super robot podcast. We could talk about Grizzinder or Grid. Dugrum, all the classics. Edian. Edian's not really Edian. Edian. Uh, I can't bring myself to watch Edian just because of how giant it is. It's like it's too much. A GM with big shoulders. Only giant, fucking massive. Like <laughs> 10 Gundams standing on top of each other. I think the only other thing that's tempting me is Macross. Oh, yeah, you'd I'd like, like to watch You'd like Macross. Macross is really good. A lot of Macross is of a similar vein to Gundam. And the new Macross stuff is really good as well. So mm-hmm. It's another one of those things, though, that I'll look it up and then I see just a whole bunch and I don't know where to start. Same as Gundam. Start the robots the transform and it's not shit like Transformers. So I don't know what the... <laughs> it's high noon. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's only a, that's a wee joke for the Transformers fans out there. All two mm. of them. Oh. <laughs> Don't you think Nicole listens to this? It's just Gav. Play of the game. <laughs> um, was there anything else about your trip to Japan that you wanted to talk about? Um, it's weird, given that I was there when there was no Gundam series airing, how kind of in, in the background it was. Because remember when we were there, it was everywhere. Mm-hmm. But there was definitely, it definitely wasn't as much of a, a presence. Um, I did spend about half an hour trying to get a, a can topper out of a vending machine. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't understand how, because it came on one of the coffees, and I just kept ordering the coffee and it wouldn't come out. And I was like, oh my god. I did get, did get some double strength Pepsi though. Oh. Ooh. It was like a that? Pepsi refresh shot. It was like That'd a wee mini squared. can, but it's like double the sugar, double the caffeine, <laughs> double, double the taste. I have a good memory of going to Nico on the first day and us finding the Super Mario coffee toppers. And just Aye. six white guys bursting into a village 7-Eleven, <laughs> raiding through yeah. the fridge looking <laughs> for <laughs> Princess Peach. Oh, uh, yeah, we uh, like I did some Gundam stuff. Um, went to went to all the big shops. I found uh, what's the there's a shop at uh, Ikebukuro. I think it's called Lebe or something, but that's not the name of the actual shop. I always forget what it's called. But it's next to Ikebukuro Station, and like it has a bigger selection of Gunpla than Yodobashi does, and is oh. about twenty five percent as stressful because <laughs> it was empty. We were the only people there, and like you go up at the left of the top floor, and the doors open, and you, the entire like wall when you get out of the left is like all eighties kits. Oh, okay. like so they have everything arranged by what series. And then they have, so like, Master Grade and High Grade then arranged by series, and then they have, like, displays. That's where those giant Gunpla boxes are. Oh, and then they have cool. all, all the pre-built stuff. Like, they have a oh, display. You can buy pre-built stuff there as well? No, or you just have, have, they like, have, like, display displays stuff. where oh, okay. people display their customs. But they have a thing where it's, like, every Master Grade, like, Ooh. built in, in, like, a wee glass case up on the wall. It's like kind of lit. So you can. Really cool. The idea of the shop is you can see what the built kit looks like before you oh. buy it. And then they, they basically had every kit that's currently. You know, in print and production, oh, nice. it was really impressive. Like I said, there. so nice, air conditioned, quiet. There's about four people there. <laughs> really nice, um, and they have like that's where I took the picture. They have the wee station where you can just sit and build. Oh your yeah, well, it's so they have like good. four or five tables, mats, and you can. That's a really nice idea, and like to be to be there when all the other gumpel shops are so incredibly stressful, <laughs> and then to go there was like amazing. So could you imagine? Taking a seat at a bench in a Yodabashi camera to start building a kit, <laughs> surrounded by all that. That you'd want to die. Running out of oxygen slowly. <laughs> you really would. You'd, you couldn't do it. I went to, I didn't go to Gundam Front, but I went to Dyer City, saw the Gundam, bought some kits. I bought the. The Delta Delta Gundam variant because I figured with it like when I saw the revive was coming out I was like well I may as well build one of the old Delta variants but then I forgot I had the Delta Kai but was I don't want to build it because all the stickers is there something Gundam fronty about it or yeah it's it? the it's from the current thing that's showing there's like oh, right. there's like a, an Amaro like a real grade Amaro Zeta variant it's like oh. a variant on the white Zeta one uh, and then there's the Delta like... one which is just a high grade but I got that my parents bought me a kit as well my parents bought me the <sighs> The dis- destroy mode Fenix on the blue. Is that frame. personal favorite of theirs? Then I don't know. They were just like, "Oh, we bought you a kit." I was like, "Thank you very much." So, I have to ask: Was it more fun being there with your parents than us? 
Well, I wasn't really there with my parents. Like, they stayed in a different part of Tokyo from us, and we only saw them a couple of days. But I would say it was the best trip to Japan so far. Sorry, guys. But, no, I mean, the last trip was really good too, but this one... No, okay. Much better. Okay. Um, anyway, we'll, 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 moving probably, on. we'll leave it there. So, thanks for listening. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's... We're, that's fine. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wow. I managed, to get, get fired everywhere. I managed to get a lot of Gundams in my suitcase, as you saw, though, so that was pretty good. Mm. I managed to get, like, three high grades, uh, master grade in there. And obviously I got my lovely Zaku plate from the... See, the stuff they sell at the Gundam Cafe now is really nice. Like, they've kind of branched out a bit beyond that, uh, coasters Zaku and badges. Zaku plate is very nice. They had a whole nice. range of the plates and, like, we chopstick rests and stuff. So you ever eaten off the Zaku plate yet? How is it for eating? What can I eat off it? Look at the size of it. You could eat a wee, oh, a wee strawberry tart off it, maybe. <laughs> it would be nice, but... Alright, well, hold out till next episode when Four Barry's going to review the plate. Five chips. Some more of those originals in a pile. Oh, well, there we yeah. go. But yeah, they're obviously trying to make their stuff a bit more, like, less souvenir and more stuff like... Here's some chic nonsense you can put in your house if you're mm. a massive yep. otaku. People who like Gundam are probably old now. Well, I, I saw a thing. There was like a survey where basically I think it was something like sixty percent of college age people had never seen the original Gundam series. They did like a big massive survey in, in that. Japan. Aye. Oh, okay. Which makes me think that it's like, why are they doing that survey? Are they gonna Are they gonna make the origin? Are they gonna do? It? Is it gonna happen? <laughs> I guess we'll have to. I suppose it's. It's getting like the Evangelion thing of having been around so many years and with so much merchandise that it's just, it's branching into wild new territories that, it's, I mean, it feels like every single day there's another announcement for an Evangelion product tie-in that oh, makes uh, everyone Evangelion just Godzilla. shrug their shoulders oh. and mm. <laughs> like the Evangelion dumbbells yep. that have oh, been yeah. announced. <laughs> like, and there's crates just plastic crates that have that are purple and say you and one I'd have got one of those crates to be fair <laughs> to find a reason to own some crates and of course the uh, air humidifier nerve headquarters I saw that in, what? they had that in Mandalay I heard that you can buy nerve headquarters that oh, makes cool. your air better you're saying reduce the forces so Gundam F91 um, in the year 1991 um I think they'd maybe reached a point where they'd they'd come to the end of the Shar and Amaro saga. So, as a sort of not as not a reboot, but as a sort of beginning of a new chapter in the Universal Century saga, uh, Tomino got together with his his old his old mates Yaz and Okawara, and then they came up with Gundam F ninety one, which stands for Formula ninety one, which is the basis of the the project that created those mobile suits. Um, and there's a lot of things I personally love about F ninety one. Because on the face of it, it might just seem like another Gundam thing, but there's a lot of stuff out of it. It's actually quite a big departure from the kind of Gundam staples. Um, the mobile suit design being a big one, because you know if you've seen F91 or you've seen any late UC stuff, like some of the the mobile suit designs wild. So like for me, it really set set a precedent for stuff kind of straying from the path, mm-hmm. which a lot of people don't like. Like people now look at the kind of circus themed mobile suits and like later crossbow and <laughs> stuff, and they're like, oh, I can't really do that. Victory stuff as well. Yeah, but see, I kind of like that. I'm, I like that. I can take or leave some of it. <laughs> 
Some of it's no, some of it's great. Some of it's very inspired, and I love the F ninety one as a suit, mm. and I like a lot of the crossbone Vanguard suits. I like that the some of them are a bit. What, one of the, the one of the things I think is cool is that like they made all the mobile suits shorter. Yeah, again in F ninety one because obviously from the start of the Universal Century up to the end of Shars Counter Attack, mobile suits have just been getting massive. Oh yeah. So I think when they got to F ninety, I wonder like how much of a you know. You'd love to know the kind of conscious decision of it at some point. When did they sit down and they go, tell you what we'll do, we'll, we'll make the Gundam wee. We'll just make it <laughs> like a wee guy. When Bandai said the plastic was costing too much. Uh, <laughs> so 30 years after the end of Shara's counterattack um, on a space colony, you have these people called the Crossbow and Vanguard who want to set up a kind of a, a, an, an aristocratically headed utopia called Cosmo Babylonia which is the most <laughs> so thing cool. ever that's like. a good name Crossbow Vanguard and, Cross- and Babylonia both good names you got like what is it is it Iron Mask the guy's called Aye, Iron guy. Mask Corozo yeah. Rona um, I love that people still push that theory that Iron Mask is Angelo <laughs> because like he was adopted into the family and then yeah, obviously yeah. no no Doral and Corozo I think are both adopted and Doral obviously looks a lot like Angelo so Sure. People I mean, why pushing not? that theory? They're pushing that theory. Anything that gives us more Angelo. I don't compl- no complaints from me. It was originally intended to be a 51 episode series, but when they, I think they storyboarded 13 and then basically it fell apart. So they were like, okay, we'll just condense it all down <laughs> in a movie. Condense is a understatement of it, I think. It's very. Uh, and <laughs> there's even, a lot to get through. Even then, I mean, if you've read any of the kind of adaption mangas or like there's a novel adaption as well which I'm not going anywhere near <laughs> and but as a very small aside it is very surprising to me how often you hear about uh, particularly with Tomino projects where you think he would have a lot more you know like Bandai would have more trust in him it's amazing how many times you hear during production things fell apart yeah, or like being told oh this you don't have to completely of, change yeah, what that double is. Zeta, Shars Counter-Attack and F91 was all yeah, you'd think that they would up. have like what would it being such a you know financial success mm. and everyone being big fan they'd be kind of more well I guess this trust. was intended to be like Tomino's big relaunch like a Gundam for the you know the 90s mm. um, and I think it's, it's a real shame because like everything that surrounds F91 um like I really like the F90 manga then there's the Formula Wars game which is a prequel to F91 and then you know F91 sets the stage for Crossbone and then Skullheart Steel 7 Victory and then the new Crossbone manga which takes place after Victory so you know F91 bridges right to the end of the Universal Century mm-hmm. if you just you know if you discount stuff like Gaia Gear yeah. and G Savior and that when everyone goes off to Mars and like says, right, well, screw you this is a, this is a good <laughs> thing as well is like the things that it focuses around in the late UC, I really love, like the kind of movement to Jupiter as a thing, which was kind of happening towards the end of Double Zeta anyway. Yeah. Like Jupiter became more of a thing, and then in like F ninety and Formula Wars, you have the Mars Zeon, or like Zeon remnants that basically have been on Mars since the start of the One Year War. Um, but the film itself, I think the main thing I love about the film itself is obviously Yaz having done all the character designs. Like all the characters look great. Yeah, great. Characters like Zabine, like Zabine is one of my favourite characters. In the history of Gundam, just because he has a fucking eye patch, <laughs> so cool. And then, what did they do in Crossbone? They put him in a fucking big pirate-themed black Gundam. It's like this is a fucking stroke of genius. Like, 
Um, so, I mean, the basic story is just what you'd expect. Though. I mean, a siege on a space colony and the main character, Seabook, who I really like because Seabook isn't as typically whingy as a lot of, especially Tomino written Gundam protagonists yeah, are. Mm-hmm. Bird doesn't even have time to pout. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> He's like, very busy. It's like, come on, you, you actually just need to get going. His main motivation is Cecily. I mean, F91 is basically a love story, which is kind of nice because it's a bit more of a direct love story as opposed to mm-hmm. like Char, Amaro and <laughs> Lala which gets Let's a bit, gets a bit foggy, foggy at times. Their replies are going to blow up. But <laughs> I mean the, the story does suffer a bit. Iron Mask is really the... A lot of people say like oh you know Iron Mask is like the kind of Char clone of F-91 but yeah, I mean really. he's really not I feel like Zabine becomes that character in Crossbone because he's Seabook's primary rival, but there's no time to explore that in the film. You have all these characters and you're like... I mean, Doral is a character that sticks in my head, but what does he do in the film? Nothing, really. He's in a mobile suit a couple of times. There's a lot of characters that come and go. Like, Not a lot of characters get proper introductions. Aye, ah, there's all the kind of civilian characters that are on the Federation side. and there's, But I mean... Another thing that's cool about it, actually, when we're talking about the side characters, is how kind of visceral a lot of the violence is. Mm. Like, right from the start of F-91, Someone gets there's, like, shelled. Yeah, there's real, yeah, real graphic yeah. depictions of people getting fucked up. <laughs> like, the the whole idea that Tomino doesn't glamorise mm. war, yeah. and F-91 definitely pushes that idea. Yeah, I think Because, like, that opening a... sequence, it's... <laughs> the it's the idea of going to yeah. war is not good. So Shaman never goes back to that. I feel like he gets more fantastical as the film goes on. Like, the last fight is, like, something out of a video game. With the bit where Iron Mask comes out yeah. of the mobile armour, it's like, get back in that <laughs> It's just, like, it opens and he flies out. Well, that, felt like a, that feels like a video... Like, the whole last thing with the little bug robots and oh, the, yeah, the yeah. big spinning I feel ju- like a, the big junk rat that feels wheels. like it's a junk rat wheels yeah <laughs> um, that all feels like it's out of a video game and like the start of the film is very different and very not re- I don't know if realistic is the right word but they don't they, I think what F91 does really well is it lays all the foundations for the late UC but the film itself doesn't have enough time to explore yeah. the crossbone vanguard and their motivations other than because again to keep talking about crossbone like Zabine explains the concepts like Tomino's kind of vague concept of aristocracy in a space setting because <laughs> I mean in the film we're just like aristocrats aristocrats and it doesn't really mean anything but you don't get that exposition mm-hmm. because they didn't really have time to do anything about it but the core Gundam stuff is really good like I think all the suits are great all the crossbone vanguard suits are amazing some wee things we were talking about was really good like the beam flags Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, like, stuff like that. So fucking cool. cool attention to Great way ideas. I love that they're still doing wire communication uh-huh. as well. I think the F ninety one is a really cool suit. Oh yeah, definitely. I love one the F ninety one. The film introduces the SNRI as like a kind of competitor to Anaheim yeah, Electronics, yeah. and so they build like the F ninety one, which has all this bio computer after image stuff. I mean that la- it, that last fight is really there's not a lot of it, but what happens yeah. is cool. The after image stuff's cool, like it casting off its armor to yeah, expel that the heat. Yeah, again, when you first watch that fight, you're kind of uh, I felt at least I remember feeling a little confused as to what he was actually doing. But, well, yeah, uh, I mean, because it's not exp- don't have time. It's to classic it. Tomino. It's like the cycle frame. Like the biocomputer yeah. is an abstract concept that you're just supposed to Except, know yeah. about, really. But like, I I fucking love the F ninety one's face. Like it's <laughs> again, it's just like such a wee idea. It's like I oh, will give it a face. Like it's fucking 
the, one of the most iconic parts of a Gundam besides the V-Fan, I guess, is that plate. Mm. So the plate coming off and then it's got the, the human's face. I'm sure there's an implication there. <laughs> but well, as a, a bio-computer, the f one was that person. I yeah. lost on me beyond the fact that it gets... And of course, we can't talk about the uh, suit designs in F-91 without talking about lances. Oh, yeah. who yep. doesn't love a lance? Yep. That kind of the the swashbuckling general oh, yeah, image of like the crossbone the, vanguard mm, is pretty good. And crossbone, I'm a big fan of beam cutlasses. I think they're ridiculous, but very cool. <laughs> uh, one of my one of my absolute favorite bits from um, the end of crossbone is like the the crossbone like biting on the knife. Oh yeah, yeah, it's like so fucking good. <laughs> the the mobile suits in the late UC become more like people. I think the face thing aside, that obviously I'm not just I'm not making a really obvious point here, but in the way that the film is animated as well is like probably the slickest the it's the slickest Gundam the up until mm. that point There's it looks like fucking great the shot of um, is it Sabine and he's like in the mobile suit and he's like adjusting his helmet and then like the visor comes down and it's super super slick super detailed so I remember that the first really time nice. I ever watched it thinking that was it's, really impressive it's just got that uh, really beautiful Yaz style throughout it and it Aye. what it reminds me most of is Venus Wars oh yeah, yeah definitely yeah Venus I have Wars watched Venus Wars and like Venus Wars is absolutely gorgeous and it's just like every frame it looks it looks like Yaz personally has gone in and drawn every character mm. in that film I like the, the expression it's got it's got that great when Yaz does the cartoony sort of faces that you see in the mangas. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. When people are he's overreacting. Good at, yeah, he's good at mm. mixing, like, not serious, but, like, semi-serious, like, expressive mm. expressive art and then may, reminding you that as a cartoon. And F91 has that really lovely... I like Yaz the palette look. in F91 as well. Yeah, mm. the, like, it looks so colourful. Mm-hmm. Like, because a lot of the suits are quite monotone in colour yeah like what's the federation suits called there's uh, like the kind of generic I can't remember the Jaggins there's Jaggins no, there's Jaggins and there's oh, the other ones right. uh, I'm not sure what the other anyway the, the Jaggins as well like they're all kind of quite monotone uh-huh. but like all the the environments are just like incredibly mm. vivid it's just a, a shame that you don't get to know more of those characters in the film because you know even though Crossbone is like a well fleshed out sequel to it it's like you lose a lot from like Hasegawa's art style in Crossbone is like pretty divisive, divisive yeah. like and you know you're it's a shame because Yaz is obviously the best <laughs> so, so you know someday there might be some scope for something if they ever do adapt Crossbone but they are running out of stuff to adapt so <laughs> maybe they'll have to go for Crossbone well yeah I mean especially now that like late you late you see has so much the kits. I know. <laughs> well, I mean, this is the thing. We never got any good F91 kits either. Like, we got a bunch of kind of no-grade, like, crossbow Vanguard kits. <laughs> no-grade wheels? Yeah. Like, we got the, the, the Burger Dallas and stuff like that. and then the I love the Burger Dallas. Vagina, yeah. vagina, whatever it's called. Yeah. Burger Dallas is fun to see as well. I like just saying Burger Dallas. I think I'd like to propose an idea, and I don't want you to say no right away. Can we clone Yaz? <laughs> because I need a Yaz... Uh, like origin style manga, but doing all of Zeta. Mm. I need him to. Yeah, you got Zeta Define, like, buddy. What do you need? No, to? I need I need Yaz <laughs> to do Zeta Define, and I need Yaz to do 
the crossbone mag and I need Yaz to do I just want Yaz to go yeah, on forever on. and mm. to fix all <laughs> Gundam and do all Gundam because like you say he is really Yaz is taking my showers deleted the fear <laughs> oh oh it's just uh, Garma in a schoolgirl oh, dress instead. I'd read that. <laughs> something, something I forgot to bring up is um, the fucking Star Wars music. Oh, oh okay. The hell, they, they basically lifted. It's the, high noon. They, I would stick there. Yeah, you should stick some clips in the I'll music. Stick it in, yeah. I'll stick in the Imperial March and then like the Bespin Escape music. It's obviously like a tribute, but it's like you can't do that, and I don't know how they got away with it because it's exactly the same. This must be not important enough, I guess. No one in Lucas yeah, Art, really Lucas Film, was well, checking out. I guess one. maybe they felt it was okay for them to rip off that Star Wars music since Star Wars ripped off the Beam Saber. Check your facts. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> Yeah, this Welcome I mean, to our this... Overwatch podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your favourite character? Oh, okay. Uh, and Overwatch. Yeah. Um, I like Mercy. Mercy. Well, you know, character to play or character as a character? Mm, uh, <laughs> character to hold hands with and character to play. Char- Diva probably is character to play, but I think Zenyatta has the most interesting design, maybe. Mm. I wish I could use Zenyatta because Zenyatta's would you like a Zenyatta kit? <gasps> oh, so imagine like a Reinhardt or a Diva. Or nothing like that. Nothing makes me as annoyed as embrace tranquility. It's <laughs> so fucking loud. <laughs> it's just like God damn it. My most hated thing about Overwatch that I said to Owen is when you're on the London map the fucking arrow dragon go. is too big to see from inside the building so if you're in the building you're just dead because the dragon has clipped through yeah, whenever on, like, the, the non-visible parts in the map when the japan play brothers the do game. their play the, the japan brother <laughs> the japan when the japan brothers do their ultimates you can pretty much hear it from i, I was a um, worst ninja of all time like shouts something in the top of his voice the worst got. the worst thing i've seen was like we had like overtime on one of the capture point ones and I respond, and there was a Hanzo on my team sniping another Hanzo who was also on my team from like the other side of the map. And I don't think he knew yes. what he was doing. It's like fuck. Okay, guys, read it in. Sorry, we're back to. We didn't even say who our favorite characters were, though. Okay, go on. So it was a hold hands and a play. Mm. I'll go favorite character to play. Uh Soldier 76. Seventy Six. Favorite character to hold hands with Mercy. Okay. Well, you didn't get who, right? Okay, who would you hold hands with in Overwatch? Uh, Widowmaker. 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 Who would you play as? I do like to play as Widowmaker as well, but uh, Roadhog, Roadhog is Roadhog's probably my favorite fun. to play as. I like Roadhog. Not good with him, but I do like it. Just like when you grab a tracer, he's in the yes. middle of zipping around and yes. pull around and fill her face with buckshot. It just feels good. Tr- Tracer attracts most, 
buckshot. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, James. Tracer attracts most of my vitriol for obvious yeah. reasons. Seeing that, see that with Union Jack on the oh. gym. Oh, a fun thing with Tracer was I played a game where everyone in the spawn picked Tracer, and she started speaking to herself, implying that she thinks her time manipulation thing has broken, mm. and so like she's seeing herself, and that was kind of a nice touch. Like, oh, there I am in the past. Oh, hello, love. Love hey. to love to vote no. <laughs> you think? Do you think Tracer would have voted for Brexit? No, she's too nice. She's too nice. She but she knows by her very nature she exits from situations. Though. <laughs> no, the thing is, uh, Tracer would have voted leave and then saw the ramifications and done her like go back in time move <laughs> and voted for me. This sounds like <laughs> this is the worst podcast is, ever. This is two things that we shouldn't be talking about at the same time. <laughs> this is the first time I've ever been on a podcast where I felt like it's actually a podcast. This is what people talk about on podcasts. <laughs> What we were talking about, F91. You never picked your favourite Overwatch character? Um, I think I'd hold hands. We'll do it with Gundam characters next as well. I think. <laughs> Stay tuned. Diva's, Diva's too much like Asuka to hold hands with. I, I think she'd be hard work, unreceptive. But I she's guess. She's a bit young as well. Well, I mean, I paint Widowmaker. She's definitely not interested. So cold. She killed her first husband, according to the Overwatch lore, which I've read. <laughs> Jesus, Jim. <laughs> Hence Widowmaker. Oh, she made herself a widow. Wow. <laughs> hold hands with Z- Zarya, maybe. And she'd crush your fingers. Oh, I think I'd like that. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I'd cuddle. I'd cuddle with her. You'd feel so safe in those arms. I like to play as Diva, though. I like to hold hands with Lucio as well. I really, he's like a really nice guy. <sighs> I can't. Can't deal with too enthusiastic. Can't deal with his fucking EDM gun. Like, <laughs> it's too much. It's for people that bought that Saints Row dubstep. Like, Guy would work. We have we have to stop. We have to stop. We have to stop. But Overwatch, cast. Overwatch is great. Go buy it and buy it on PC so you can play with me. There's plenty of mechs in it, so it's pretty much relevant to the mm. podcast. Um, so to finish on F91, um, it's a it's a really good starting point for a whole other world of Gundam that not a lot of people have maybe been interested mm-hmm. in. It's kind of depressing what followed it in the 90s, though, because I think it's like a really good, strong, mm. if a little confusing thing. I mean, it's stunted by its own... its own yeah. Not optimism, what do I mean? Its ambition. Own ambition, yeah. Ambition. I think they maybe they thought they could... You know, in 1991, let's make a 51-episode yeah. Gundam series, but the 90s what followed it oh. was... Like... Would you happily? Would you be happy to trade Gundam Wing for a full F ninety one series? I really like how it turned out because I think Crossbone is a really really good manga. I think it it let Tomino tell the rest of that story that he otherwise wouldn't have got to tell. So I really would recommend people to watch F ninety one because even just as a film, as a visual spectacle, mm-hmm. yeah, it's really good. And if you feel like you maybe didn't understand it, then there's a lot more explained in the. Like G-Reco. Yeah, yeah, the mangas <laughs> and then the, the game. But the one thing I will say is there's not a lot of plamo from late UC, so... Mm, that's true. Yeah, Victory doesn't have a lot of kits either. Yeah, because, again, they made a bunch of like Difficult mobile to, suit designs yeah. that were hard to turn into kits, I guess. But yeah, well, I respect be... that. I respect that, Bandai. <laughs> Maybe that's why it got canned. <laughs> they were like, guys, look at this. It's got like a World War One gas mask face. We can't make a kit out of this. <laughs> fucking hell. But no, please watch F91. I fucking love it. 
I feel like F91 is one of those things that if I'd watched it before watching any other Gundam, I wouldn't follow it at all. But like being at the point where I expect certain uh, beats mm-hmm. yeah. in a Tomino story, I, I get that, oh, now that Gundam sort of thing is happening now. <laughs> and now this sort of Gundam thing. Like it's things same, are peaceful, yeah. people show up in a colony. Same archetypes, same characters. Uh, final confrontation in space with a completely incomprehensible concept is used to <laughs> win the day. The thing that confuses me though is like by this point Tomino feels like he's told the story of new types. Whereas, you know, Char's counterattack just like left so many questions for people but I feel like the thing that kind of does the best job of explaining new types is maybe Unicorn because like it goes into a bit more depth and a bit more real world terms rather than just because I mean Tom really kind of picked up where where Char's Counter-Attack left off thematically with F91 and kind of went from there but no it's nice that he came to a story and he felt like he could leave Char and Amaro in the past Mm. missing in action the problem with those mobile suits. So, if you yeah, just joined us, time, we should actually talk about plastic kit reviews. Yeah. Uh, it's plastic time. Mm-hmm. Jim, have you built anything at all? Yeah, I, like we've said earlier on, I built the Revive Cubely. Uh, we touched on it last episode. So this is all built in them, actually. Uh, but yeah, so it's a kit. full round table. It's yeah, there's six, six thumbs, thumbs up. There's not a lot of kits we all have. So six possible thumbs up. Uh, also built two Iron Blooded Orphans kits. I built the Gundam Gusion, if that's how you pronounce it properly. That's the frog guy. It's slippy. the frog. That's Slippy. <laughs> um, not to be confused with the man Rosie, which is very similar. It's small Slippy. Small Slippy. Sl- slippy. slippy and grippy, man. Slippy and grippy. Yep. I'd say I'd say the Gusion is the grippy because it's the senior, and man Rosie is Slippy. Grip and slip. Won't you always talk about? You should keep going, but I'd appreciate it. Okay, I'll, I will wait, just in case. <laughs> he knows I'm doing the edit, and he thinks that's not going to go in. <laughs> so Barry doesn't want to hear your review, but I'll listen. <laughs> I'll, get, right, I'll just do the review, and then we can Barry can roll here. Um, so the Gusion, uh, very good. Um, there isn't too much to it. It's quite a simple kit. It's just a little short, stubby guy. Um... I would say color separation very good. Um, it's mostly just green um, with some grey uh, armor underneath, and you get a nice hammer with it. But the hammer is just really two halves that you just stick together, um, like most weapons in HGs. Um, for me, I did a little bit of dry brushing on it um, just to make him look a bit more beat up. Um, keep oh, it in. didn't you do a bit of a bloody? I did. I got the Gundam marker and just dropped little bits of blood um, if you've not watched Iron Blooded Orphans maybe a little bit of a spoiler but someone uses the hammer in a bad way um, so I decided to just put in a wee winky reference to that um, and also I did a bit of um, painting on the hammer as well because the hammer was just a standard grey plastic so I uh, brushed it with some silver to make it look a bit more metallic you, actually, you made it I was in like the middle of the review the when Jim started talking and now the toilet flush is going to be audible as well. <laughs> what do you want? mean, made it seem like that happened? I'm just, I'm just looking at I'm going to put the light on as well. Right, please continue, Jamie. Uh, but yeah, the Gusion's good. Um, there's no real surprises with it or any particularly remarkable features. It is just a fairly standard high grade. It is, definitely isn't as 
impressive or fun to build as the Barbatos was. Does it have the same frame as the Barbatos? Because I know it really. does in the show, right? Um, yeah, um, they all in the show. All everything with a Gundam name has the famous Gundam frame, but uh, the Gusion doesn't actually have much of a frame underneath it. It's mainly just hollow plastic. Um, ideal for sweets. Ideal for sweets. Yeah, you could break them open like a pin. You could use the Gusion's hammer to break them open like a pinata and get the sweets out. Word is original. I'd need to tell you about my hot new modelling tip when you say that. By the way, I bought a couple of guidebooks when I was over in Japan just from the shop to see if I could pick up any tips for painting and stuff like that. And something I did with a couple of my kits was um, open up, open up the feet and put some ball bearings in them. And like it weighs down the kit, ah, which was a really nice idea, especially in a wow. dead off. It stops it from fucking sliding around every time you walk past it. Well, we're five episodes deep, but our listeners finally have a, a hot really tip. good idea. That's a great <laughs> idea. That's, I don't have any ball bearings at hand, but it's tiny wee BBs. And I'm going out to buy some <laughs> BBs for your BB Gundams. Think you could fill? Think you could fill the the slippy? Use it as a maraca. Is that <laughs> your implication? Uh, but yeah, that's a good kit. Um, easy to pose. Not nothing really flimsy about him, just because he's a big chunky guy. Nothing that can fall off or anything like that. Good hammer as well. Good mm. hammer. I'm a big fan of the hammer. Have you given him the Matsuri hammer yet? Uh, no, actually, the Mitsuri Hammer. I do have a Mitsuri Hammer. It's, it's in the hands of my mock. Yeah. Uh, I do really like the Mitsuri Hammer. I recommend picking up the Mitsuri weapon set if you're looking for some custom weapons to stick on your kits. Um, but yeah, I'd say good kit overall if you like the design in the Gusion. I know I always say if you like the design, get it. But if you like the design, get it and know that you won't really have any issues with it. You could have been on GameWank reviewing <laughs> skills like that. <laughs> it's like fans of the series should get this. Fans of the design will get it and they'll have a good time with it. Um, there's no, I don't really have any complaints about it. I thought it was well made, but nothing particularly exciting about it. Mm. Um, also built the Grimguard, which I'll touch on briefly. Um, it's a nice, sleek design. Again, no real issues with it. It has a bit of a frame. Nothing quite on the level of the Barbatos, which is disappointing. It's more like the Greys, I think. It's, it's slightly Greys, yeah. Similar, similar build to the Greys, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, really, really nice, slick design. Got some nice uh, shallow panel line, lines. Some nice shallow panel lines hmm. that you can uh, use to bring out some detail on the arms and legs. Um, and I painted the sword gold, um, which gave it a nice effect. Um, and it's got a cool little, it's like kind of the, it looks like a suit of armor and it has a little grate on the head that you can lift up and down. And that's kind of cool. The uh, gold sword was that spray? Just or gold, pen? just my famous tin of gold spray paint. That <laughs> still everything. got it. Still got it. <laughs> still got it. Still not used it all up. But yeah, uh, again, uh, another one for yeah, fans. If you want to get rid of that wallpaper, man, that'd be a fucker. <laughs> like gold do it, like, wall. Spray the entire wall gold. Great. Start tagging some menchies on my back wall. So, how many funnels out of ten? Is there any kits with ten funnels? The, d- the double funnel, double funnel new, Gundam, new Gundam 12 I'd say 7 for the Gusion and 8 for the Grimguard I think it's hard to get excited about um, kits when a series is airing because you know they're just going to be slightly varied yes. versions of kits you've already built that's why Revive's such a good line because it's totally mm. bringing, bringing it back pulling out new stuff it's quite exciting but, but yeah it's kind of weird because the Barbatos kind of set a precedent of really kind of exciting high grades with inner frames with little bits of armour you could clip on and lots of little 
articulated details. But I guess they did that with the one one hundred kits yeah. more because I mean they're really good for paneling yeah. and too mm-hmm. the, 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 the kind of scribed stuff on there. But yeah, after the Barbados, I was hoping a lot of the Ivo kits would be Aye. like that. But so far, uh, that's been done to three. Optimistic, optimistic. Uh, it was optimistic, and as always, the optimism did not pay off in any way. Um, but yeah, I'd say get, grab them if you like the designs and you want some more eyeball kits. Uh, otherwise, if you're just looking for an exciting build, uh, maybe go elsewhere. It's fair. It's tough, but fair. Barry, have you built anything? I did. Um, I picked up the Harrison Martin Master Grade F91 mm-hmm. when I was in Japan. Um, 2,000 yen cost me. Oh. Which is twelve pound in pre-Brexit money. Ah. Um, so, um, in one of the later Crossbone stories, Skullheart, um, there's a guy who's from a previous Crossbone called uh, Harrison Martin, who's like a an ace pilot. He's called the Blue Streak. He's like the ace pilot of the Federation. And it speeds by. <laughs> and at some point, the SNRI started mass producing the F ninety one for the the Federation to use. So he gets his own kind of blue coloured custom version of that. So the master the master grade is based specifically off the colour scheme he has in Skullheart. So it's released the same time as the other F ninety one was and released the same time as the OVA full like full cloth crossbone was. Cause um the first three crossbones were Verka kits. Which meant they came all the Verka trimmings like water slides and stuff. So, but if you remember, I reviewed the OVA full cloth crossbone on here before, and I said I had some problems, which the F ninety one kind of shares. But I'll talk about the good stuff first. Um, for such a cheap kit, it came with a lot of stuff. It comes with effect parts for the big kind of eye field shield type thing. Mm. Um, it came with the the main weapons of the F ninety one are like the was it the VSBR thing, it's like yeah. variable speed beam rifles or like massive back mounted yeah. cannons that swing round. And the kind of, as you can see, I've got them in that pose. Yep, right there. Yep. Looks very nice. I like it. With a wee with a wee shoulder radiators as well, so that's quite quite a nice wee. To keep you warm in space. Feature. And you get a beam rifle and that big kind of beam bazooka thing that the F ninety one has. Oh yeah, yeah. So it comes with quite a lot of nice stuff. The inner frame is really nice. Like the torso of the F ninety one is a beautiful thing anyway, with those kind of yellow ridges. Oh yeah, that's down the back. Because yeah. I mean, the F ninety one's whole thing is like uh, it disperses heat. That's its concept, really. <laughs> so the inner frame is super nice. Um, let down a wee bit by some of the outer parts. Again, the arms are very similar to the crossbone, which means no polycaps. No polycaps on the whole kit, unfortunately. It's just peg joints. And there's a lot of armour parts that I had to glue. This is the most gluing I've had to do oh. on the kit. Hmm. Um, the legs required gluing. The arms required a bit of gluing. Um, it's really just... You can build it and it's fine, but the minute you go to touch it, it just all the parts come loose. And it's that. like I'm, I'm really kind of... I'm not deftly handed enough to pose a Gundam without, you know, fucking Fuck, ripping yeah. it to bits. <laughs> so it was a kind of stressful kit. Um, in that regard but the wee gimmicks are cool like I said you've got the shoulder radiators and then the mask like the, the vent flips up and you can put it in either the face configuration or the regular Gundam configuration and uh, it has the wee heat dispersal things on the back of the legs as well so oh yeah, oh, yeah. very nice so they're kind of cool it's a really nice really nice cockpit as well the F91 has the cockpit slides down from underneath the chin so it's like a top loading cockpit rather yeah. than a front loading cockpit so that's kind of nice. Um, and it's good because, like, 
like I said, Harrison Martin, the comics is kind of like the Federation's ace. So the kit comes with like his own kind of personal markings, his water slides. Comes with water slides. Comes uh-huh. with pre-cut water slides. Ah, because oh, yeah. again, that's not common for a master grade. I know it's yeah. weird. The stickers are garbage, unfortunately. <laughs> but like, see, obviously the F ninety one on the shoulders is water slides, and that's incredibly yeah. stressful. But they give you another variant. Uh-huh. They basically give you the markings to make the. There is a, a Hajime Katoki version of the Harrison Martin F ninety one that has the the F details are slightly different. They're like. They're like lines, what do you call it? You know, and like a letter is made up of just like a bunch of horizontal lines. It kind of looks like something for the 80s. So you get these, you get his own personal markings. And, ah, it's kind of <laughs> shuttered. So you get enough decals and markings to make a couple of different variations of it. And there's even a thing in the manual where it tells you if you want to make the Harrison Martin custom from just a regular crossbone comic, you can do that too. So it gives you a lot of options. Um, the negative, the main issue I had with it, though, I think is borderline unforgivable, is the regular F91 Master Grade comes with the Rathlesia action base, that being the mobile armor that Iron Mask uses. Mm-hmm. So it comes with that as an action base, and you put the right. F91 on it, okay. which means that no other action base fits the F91. All right. Well, is it like a weird peg that's on it? The, the, the gooch is too fat. The gooch. The biffkin is too wide. So it won't... <laughs> none of the action base fittings will fit it because it comes with a specific piece on the Rafflesia base that slots into the back of the waist. And you can't put it on an action base. I'd need to make something to make it fit onto an action base. That's a shame. That is a real shame. Because... It would, given that it's a space-based suit, like I don't think yeah, you know, in the whole of Crossbone, I don't think that suit is ever on Earth. It's in space for the entire thing, so you want to put it in a dynamic space pose. But unfortunately, you can. But that's a shame. It required a wee bit of painting. You can see the white detail. Well, you can't, but you guys can see the white details on, like on the shoulders, uh-huh. on the skirt at the back, on the two front skirts. All those white details are you had to paint because uh-huh. it just came as so- one color. How did you do that? Um, just masked it and used spray paint. Now that I've got a spray booth, I'm not at the mercy of the weather anymore. Yeah. So I'm in a position to paint. But I mean, it took a lot of top coat though, which is one thing I wanted to complain about. It took me two cans of top coat, twelve pounds worth of top coat. Wow. To top coat that kit. It does look worse though. It looks very smooth. It's nice. I'm really happy how it came out. It's probably the best, the best kit I've built yet. I mean, the st- the stickers, the foil stickers that came with are fine because they are on like a lot of the yellow detail in the stickers. Is it? Aye, and they adhere pretty well. But the problem again is this see like the kinda uh, the yeah. marking stickers. <clears throat> they're no good. They're just big rectangles with like a tiny wee bit of marking. So you can't put them on. So I used just the water slides and I think it looks sufficiently that looks great. detailed with just Those water slides. Three together. But um this brought up a thought in my mind which was given that like like I'd said about crossbone, Hasegawa's style is so cartoony. That when you're building a kit from it, you know, how far do you go with decals and markings and, you know, how far do you go in general with a kit? We talked about the Kubele Revive mm-hmm. and how it just looks really good as a kind of yeah, tribute you wouldn't to the markings on that. Yeah, because a lot of people go fucking totally overboard <laughs> on it and the whole thing's covered in markings and the name of the pilot and, like, <laughs> like faction names written in a typeface that just simply wouldn't exist in the Gundam universe. <laughs> but, I mean, that stuff still looks great. I'm sure they have comic sans in the Universal Century. Given given now that you can the basically players. get your own your own pre-cut decals made up pretty easily, 
we should really be doing like a papyrus Gundam. <laughs> so yeah, it was it was interesting, like having like looking at it in the manga and then looking at it on the box with all the markings applied, and then trying to pick a kind of middle ground where it still looks like it's from, you know, it would still look yeah. fine alongside yeah. the other late UC suits. But so I feel like I, I did that. Yeah. So I think that's a good tip. Just apply the water slides. Don't bother any of the stickers. But it was nice to Bandai too. They're good water slides too. A bit hard to get off sometimes, but right. compared to the Samuel decal ones I've been using, because they're not pre-cut, a lot of them. Did you do a lot of nudging with Q-tips and stuff? That's what I usually have to do. I did. I only fucked, up, only fucked up two decals, though, the whole thing, which is That's a good. miracle. That's a good result. The high, the high new was like a really good test for being able to apply water slides. I feel like I can do it now. But still applying the F91 on the shoulder was like, <laughs> like I said, they only give you one of that. That's some that serious type, so I was like, don't, don't fuck it up, don't fuck it up. <laughs> That's the terror I'm glad that we got to avoid with the Revive Cube today. <laughs> Revive Cube is getting brought up a lot. I think it might be the GDM it's all-time really fave. Really I, I, th- I think we might make it our everything, everything just, K-O-T-Y. Well, the, the F91 <laughs> is like an older cat. I'm sure it's about 10 years old now. And the pro- like I said, there's no polycaps. The peg joints, once you've applied, once you've applied top coat and paint, Mm-hmm. to hard plastic peg it adds whatever micromillimeters of surface area on it which means you kind of get them back in without stripping the paint off so you end up forcing joints and uh, when something's been painted and then if you touch it in the wrong place a water slide comes off and then you have to do it again I'm getting the palpies just thinking about it and the, the worst part Gun- of the whole Gunpla kit is, is horrible it's not worth it the F91 <laughs> keeps its, its shield thing and two beam sabers in the side skirts mm-hmm. but the side skirts won't close flush with the stuff in like mm-hmm. no matter what I did they would not close flush they'd always be sticking out so I had to cut all the insides out ah. and then basically <laughs> glue them in place and like awesome. that was fucking infuriating. That does not sound fun. <laughs> so yeah, I lost. I lost a gimmick. But I mean, it's, <laughs> I love the suit so much that I, I just yeah, it, it saw me through because when I was reading Crossbone at the time I got it, which is why I bought the suit, and then I was still reading Crossbone as I was building it. And that's really the best time to build a suit is when you're ingesting the media that it's from <laughs> like you'll you'll struggle through a lot of this kit sucks just to make it look good because you currently mm. really like it so how many perus out of 10 um I'm gonna how many it, out of 91 <laughs> how many f's out of 91 i'd give it <sighs> i'll give it a high i'll give it 85 f's out of 91 because oh, it's a score. really nice kit and for something that was so cheap and like, top because coat. it's one of the, like I said because it's a smaller master grade as well mm. it's just really nice really nice colour scheme the colour separation's good you know a wee bit of painting and a wee bit of patience I think I got it looking pretty good so it's pulled me back to master grade because I remember I said that I was like more interested in high grades having went back and built a master grade I'm like maybe maybe I'll <laughs> I can feel myself sliding back I've got that master grade goof under the bed that I've been thinking a lot about recently oh. so <laughs> I love that as a full sentence. I got that masquerade goof under the bed. I've been thinking about it. Mm. It's like in traffic. I'm thinking about it. Just rushing home <laughs> just to look at it. <laughs> Secret glances whenever you get a chance. <laughs> Doorbell rings. Oh. <laughs> it was a really it was a really fun kit to build though, and every time I build a kit now I feel like I've learned something mm. about building kits. So that's cool. That was nice. Yeah, sounds good. Looks really good as well. Cheers, man. I saw some Japanese people retweeted it. 
I was oh, like, really? holy shit, I've made it. It's <laughs> happened. <laughs> Big time. Surprise quiz. That was already mentioned. Surprise. So, are you ready? It's quick fire. Yep. Oh, okay. Okay, ready. I now, know this was happening. Okay, so... Um, oh, are you just doing them off the top of your head or do you have no I've got them <gasps> oh this is fun right. how are we going to do this can listeners play along can we do the answers at the end if they're quick they can play along right okay I didn't know this was happening uh, okay right okay I'm okay. genuinely intimidated here we go question one <clears throat> do we just buzz in uh, or shout out what would be a good buzz thing to announce we can put in sound effects and post for a buzz. <laughs> okay, just say your name. Just names. say buzz. Buzz. Okay. okay. Question one. Who invented the Zeta Gundam? Buzz, 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 buzz. Buzz, it was Camille. Mm. Well, it was. It was Camille. He drew, he drew Camille on a bit of paper. Camille, Camille be done. Okay, good. Now, one more of that kind of uh, <laughs> full... I feel like I said buzz first, but he just said it a bunch of times. So <laughs> that's really fair. Um, question two. Who said the following? Judo is better than Camille. Buzz, buzz, buzz. Uh, Owen O'Donnell. No, it was Barry Topping. That last night at the party. Because <laughs> I said it. I'm surprised he didn't buzz in sooner I'm remembering just... your own words I think you may be okay now remember quick fire quick fire question yes. three explain buzz. the plot of G-Reco quick the shit in their mechs buzz buzz uh, there's a pope in space and there's a demon I guess you're going to have to rewatch watch G-Reco because that was very poor guys. it says a lot that the only thing that stuck from G-Reco you is the pope there is a pope and there's a conspiracy <laughs> to get rid pope. of the pope and uh, I like to think I win because obviously I wasn't going to answer Mongol and there's Pope. Like, there's a capital and they've got a big space elevator, but they don't have an army. They just have a self-defense force. And then America has an army and uh, then America uh, funds space pirates and the space pirates attack the capital. And there's uh, the, the Pope gets involved. They all go up to the top of the elevator to meet the Pope and... The um, horse has bolted, Jim. <laughs> I really look forward to those movies where the plot makes even less sense. <laughs> you wasted three mobile suits just to bring a minor rebellion under control? Uh, just before we go to the questions, we just have Jim Cinema Review. I've not been to the cinema recently. <laughs> okay, so questions. <laughs> Um, start off with John Robots asks any one scene or moment from a Gundam series over here movie you'd really like to not exist anymore Woofy Woofy's entire (laughs) that's that's a tough one to Uh, when Char says Lala was like a mother to him just so it would end all the online discussions and fights and stuff hey man that's a lot that's a lot of fan art (laughs) (laughs) What about you? And- Something from Gundam to just not exist anymore? It's a tough one. It's like you're, you're suddenly focused on every single thing you don't like. Bright with the chickens at the start of Double Zeta. Uh, I, don't, I don't mind that. Uh, oh, the colony getting dropped on Dublin? Uh, I don't mind that. I mean, that's, that is one of the few like good bits in Double Zeta, really. Mm-hmm. The what else? What about everything involving what's her face from Shars Counterattack? 
Quest. Quest. Quest, yeah, we'll be taking out Quest and Hathaway from Charles' Counter Attack. Watching Charles' Counter and in your mind replacing Quest with Camille in every scene, <laughs> that makes it worthwhile. <laughs> like just floating around the bedroom, acting daft. Oh. It's, a, it's a hard question because, I mean, there's a lot of things I think I'd like to see rewritten. I would say maybe in Charles' Counter Attack when they jump in space. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, like, she does like the little forward roll, and it's like, come on now. Every time someone she covers her, her, she covers her ears, doesn't she? Yeah. yeah. Every like, time, time see, every time someone leaves a mobile suit in space, I'm like, get back in that fucking. Space. What about the end of F ninety one? They have the romantic thing in Eternal Wind. That's quite nice. I like that. I yeah, really like nice. that. See, no, there yeah, you go. You're right. Uh, Actually, yeah. I really. We never talked about Eternal F- Wind. I really like Eternal Wind as a song. A lot of the ready stuff from Unicorn is feeling like space touring. They went a bit. It goes a bit far with his kind of emo breakdown. Like, yeah. and, I, and I don't mean that in a kind of flippant sense. That when we talk about emo, when we talk mm-hmm. about Seed, it's just it's too much of a leap. I think for that character. So, mm-hmm. aye, I maybe would dial back on Reddy's descent into madness a wee bit. What about uh, the stuff with Rekoa and Zeta, where she gets psychic? Messed oh, up by Rosamie. She can get Rosamie, yeah, take all the Rosamie <laughs> stuff. Although then you would lose out on the um, German Alps space colony and the Zeons and Lederhosen. Oh, yeah. Mm. Price ah, Tomino's just too much of a genius. <laughs> Got those Zeta Blu rays coming soon, lads. We get to relive the magic. <laughs> Cormac Donegan asks, how big is the jump from high grade to real grade? I've got a real grade Gundam Mark II, but I'm scared to start it in case I balls it up. Um, it's more fiddly, but I don't think it's a huge. It's step a up. jump, but you'll be fine. I think maybe the third. Just kit really depends on how well you managed with the. Take it high just grade, take really. it slow. Take it slow. Just. He also asks. There was a two-part question. Um, would you recommend watching Double Zeta before Shars Counter Attack? I've heard conflicting opinions. Yeah, just watch it. It's fine. Just one. I mean, if you're... It's, it's, a, it's, it's a lot of time you're never going to get back, but you should absolutely watch it. <laughs> yeah. It fills, it fills gaps that you really need to know to get the most out of Shard's Counter-Attack and Unicorn. Unicorn has a lot of double zeta references. Aye, uh, like, if you don't know who Glemmy Toto is... Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> Glemmy's, Glemmy's in, briefly in Unicorn. You see yeah. a wee bit of him. Yeah, yeah. and obviously the Merida stuff, and then... The Argama and Bray. I watch watch Double Zeta. Watch Double Zeta. The thing that cracks me up most about Unicorn, I delete that scene where um, Bright has the picture of Amaro driving the car. <laughs> like, how did you get that picture? Did you take a picture of Amaro as he drove past? Because <laughs> I'm sure it's like the Shars character yeah, 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 type. He's got when he's chasing yeah, the Shar yeah, on the yeah, horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, how do you have a picture of that? It's uh, it's a tangent that should probably definitely not go in, but I spent the last week watching all the original Star Trek movies uh-huh. and a running theme throughout them is they'll watch a bit of the last film like in Star, what? <laughs> in Star uh, Trek 3 they just watch a scene and like it's it's so rude because it's supposed to be security footage but it's like movie yeah. framing and moving with the characters. You can hear the music come out of the speakers. Yeah, and like in the next film, there's footage of the Enterprise being blown up. It's like, <laughs> who the fuck recorded that? And it's this, like, when you're watching them all in a row, it really stands out as, that's just, they've stuck on the last film and just fast forwarded. And it was before chapter selection as well, so everyone must have been sitting there. <laughs> <for> <laughs> Texas Tom Alden asks, 
I know Jim unfortunately doesn't like the Epion, but is there any suit from Wing he particularly does like? We've talked about this before. I like no, the Leo. And I like the Wing Gundam. And I like I like more Wing suits than not. Like the Tall Geese, obviously. Most of them are good. It's just Epion and Death Scythe that I don't like. You don't like Death Scythe? No. At John Mayhem asks, what's the best tool to apply stickers with? Uh, you put them on the end of a knife. Just, yeah. just get a knife. On, maybe lift it off a little bit of your finger, stick a knife underneath, stick the edge of the sticker to the edge of the knife, and just create very little like a, overlap. Like a regular dinner? Oh, I know, like a craft like a oh. craft knife. Uh, you don't knife. use the, the tweez? Like a butter knife. You could. Just a big serrated bread knife. Just a cheese knife with that um, pronged end. Yeah, twe- tweezers and knife, exacto knife is the best. Um, my hot tip for water slides is I just use like the flat end of a beam saber beam oh. to, like, to move it off. Because sometimes good idea. sliding it with a cotton swab is bad news because you just get fibres under your mm. your decals. But aye, the Exacto knife is really a one stop shop for for modelling tools. So just don't cut yourself. Okay, don't yeah. do it, guys. <laughs> uh, Will Potter asks, "What's on your revive wish list?" Kapool. Kapool. Ah, uh, Kapool for me. Kapool. Kapool. Ah, uh, Kapool for me. Kapool. Kapool. Uh, Kapool for me as well. Okay, uh, James Quigley asks, which series would you recommend for someone who's only seen Wing and Seed? Mobile Suit Gundam. Mobile Suit Gundam. Mobile Suit Gundam. <laughs> do all the questions. We, no, we can't do this. We can't do this. G-Reco. Oh, it's time God. for G-Reco. I G-Recommend that you watch. <laughs> Go straight to Double Zeta. Jim, that was the most Jim Parvis joke I've ever cracked. You're man. skipping a lot. Oh, you're skipping I'm a lot. Just, no, some, no, some of these are just mentions that aren't. Questions. Some of these are people I don't like. <laughs> no. Let me see. I think I've scrolled past most of the questions. It's so. Hanu. I'll go back down. <laughs> Gavin Spence asks Would you rather eat a fully built one. F- no, he's done the scale wrong. Should I correct him or See these fucking Transformers, folk, man. Okay. Would you rather eat a fully built 144RX782 encased in pastry like a sausage roll? Jesus, or have the sprues layered with meat like lasagna. First of all, Gavin, you've got the scales completely 144 wrong. 144 is about, about three feet, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> Gavin, this is completely... Wait. Yeah, I think he's offered 144 <laughs> scale for both options, so I, neither I don't think doable. the people at home understand. Let, let's see the question. One stroke 44. It's not a scale, Gavin. In case a sausage roll are layered with meat like a lasagna... Was it, but so would you I'm, just eat the sprues on their own, or would you get cheese and tomato? And so essentially, mince? he's asking: Would, would it we be eat built? a gumpla? Well, is it in pastry, or would we eat a lasagna out of the runners? A lasagna. I think how much pastry it would take to wrap a one forty four Gundam. That if there's an excuse to eat that much fucking pastry, then count you'd me in. Full up, sounds you'd great. Be full up from eating the pastry before you even got to the plastic. So it sounds fine. I would just eat it fully built. But Cold see, he's not, he's not putting in enough no, detail for his stances properly because he doesn't say if it's a lasagna with the ingredients of a lasagna or if... I mean, are the sprues the sheets of the lasagna sheets? I guess so. Well, 144 would be a big sprue as well. Like. Mm. Are you calling out Gav Spence? Well, I mean, think about it. How would you... How would you even cook it? There's no oven big enough. <laughs> yeah. Stop wasting your time, Gavin. Gavin, that was a rubbish question. Never at us again, please. 
stick to your Transformers podcasts. Um, Nick Wright asks, how do you prefer to do panel lining? Any tips for someone panel washing for the first time? Um, I only use Gundam markers, but I've recently had a problem where, you know, more heavily painted kits, if you do panel line, you can't rub it off because oh, yes. it'll just take the paint off. Yep. So you need to be super precise mm-hmm. with it. Um, so I'm thinking about getting into panel washing or yeah. if I get an airbrush, I might give it the, so the treatment. Wash, is that those markers that sort of bleed and no, the no. Yeah, I think you're thinking of drop pins there's the Gundam drop pins. drop pins for marking which I think are really good especially for I do really like the drop beginners pins. especially because you can just literally just point the pen at a, a line and it fills certainly it certainly for like grated oh, sort yeah. of areas mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's just great for that it just goes all over it really quickly so I don't have any experience in the washing yet but I'm planning on trying it out so <laughs> got no stay experience stay in the tuned episode 9 I'm or 10 I'm not in week <laughs> you've already got one Tip with the ball bearings. We can only do one tip an episode, I think. Oh, I know, man. <laughs> we can't kind of give away all the good stuff. <laughs> Go on here from Jamie Walloff, which asks, ordered my first kit, would Windsor and Newton inks be a good substitute for paint? And he's included a picture of some uh, Windsor and Newton inks. I did my research on this, and it's not. it would not work very well because it's not acrylic-based paint. Um, but you could still use it. It might come up with a nice effect, but it's not how you would traditionally paint a kit. So may not look the way you would expect based on what other people have shown you. Startled Pat Lubber <laughs> Pat Lubber Pat Lubber asks How cool is the word Gelgoog? It's great. I love it. Gelgoog Gelgoog Jaeger as well. Quite satisfying to say. Gelgoog I don't love Gelgoog as a word. What's the most satisfying mobile suit name to say do you think? Hyakushipi Hyakushipi <laughs> That didn't make the cut though. I totally did. No, I did it. Well, when it. you said it. Um, <laughs> goof. I like to say Goof. Goof, goof is good. Burger Dallas. Burger Dallas. Ifrit yeah. Schneid is pretty yeah, good. Schneid. Yep. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other satisfying. Agugai. Agugai. Yeah. Agugai. Zagok. Zogok. How's Agugai getting on? Oh, I didn't think this. I thought I got away with it. I thought I got away with my confession. Nope. So I'll tell everyone on the podcast when I was moving house at the start of the year. Picked up Agugay, pack him up, part of him fell off, and I just decided I was going to put him in the bin. So When he says okay. part of him fell off, I think we all know what really happened. He had an accident, <laughs> knocked against the table, and oh no, look what oh, happened. Agugay. So Agugay's in landfill somewhere near Glasgow, I'd imagine. I, I really hate to think of a gunplay in a bin. Mm. Like with eggshells and <laughs> nappies on top. It'll of happen them. one day, I mean, we're going to... We're either going to die and someone else is going to throw them out or we're going to have to throw them out. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> this is the end. The final Gumpel Dust memories. Someday you yourself will be put in a bin. When your leg falls off. <laughs> when, is that a threat? When I have an accident. <laughs> Jesus. At Blue Drives Monster asks, Which Gundam pilot would make the best wife? Girls not included. Girls. <laughs> I yes. didn't. I didn't read it before I read it. So uh, here we are now. Who, let's see. I'm gonna have to go through everyone now because this is a quest. Seared marriages. Is not Shar. Not no. Amaro. Probably not any new types. I think it'd be very. If you yeah, were a new type, a new type, like a new very type hard. Would, if you were married and a new type was like you feeling all right and you were like. I am fine, but inside you were hurting. They would know. Uh, they would know. So you couldn't. You couldn't. Uh, Why would that be a bad thing? 
But it would be like a... <laughs> it's like, oh no, my spouse knows that I'm sad. <laughs> but it would hurt them and they would be really upset. Imagine someone like psychically beaming into your head to take the bins out as well. <laughs> <laughs> that would put a lot of strain on a relationship, I feel. So... Who else have we got? I think Judo. Judo would be a good, fun-loving life partner. What's the... You wouldn't want to tie... You wouldn't want to tie... Bellary. Bellary would... Bellary. Well, mm. Bellary would be okay Maybe with killing you. Maybe tiring. I mean, like, Bellary has no remorse oh, about anything. So if you think about it, he... <laughs> I mean, just that <laughs> happy and... Bellary kills people and is fine with it. So imagine he would be able to have affairs and stuff and not care. He would be able to come home at night and go... Here, had a good day. Imagine, imagine you came home for a long day at work, and Ramba Ral had cooked you a wee dinner, oh, and, he, and he was wearing oh, a wee Ra- apron. Oh, that, Ral, that's a, that's a really good. Pick. Imagine Ral wearing a wee apron. Oh, actually, sorry, I forgot about Garma. Actually, I'd probably go with Garma. Uh, there it is. There it is. So like a pool again, Garma. It's got to be Garma, hasn't it? Garma. Imagine <laughs> I was I was thinking. Sorry, I was thinking about a wet like. Get, I was thinking about me getting married to Garma. And like Garma being walked down the aisle by a capul. <laughs> can, oh, can you imagine like Garma like you lift up the veil and like Garma does the little twirl with the hair? That'd be perfect. Actually, I I know the if temperatures we're, rising. If, if me and Garma were getting married, I mean. <laughs> I'd want Garma in uniform for the wedding. Actually, like a nurse. <laughs> Texas Tom Alden asks Dorothy or Noin. Noin because Noin is basically one of the only good characters in Gundam Wing and Dorothy sucks. Uh, I actually think Dorothy's a nice girl, but um Just misunderstood. Yeah, I think uh I to honest, I don't really I feel bad for all the women in Gundam Wing. They get a fair amount of stick. Aye. I'd happily look after any of them. But do you know what? I'm too maybe too nice for them. I think maybe once you've been around a bad boy, you may have a, a taste for excitement. Yeah, Rolina wouldn't be interested. Yeah, yeah, she definitely would. I Unless would she showed up and too, smashed all her gum. I'd be way too undramatic for her. She'd be craving some excitement, and I wouldn't be able to provide like, it. Jim, you got a wee beard going on. You you can be a bad boy if you want, man. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Just like instantly <laughs> fucking it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um. This is all very steamy questions. Uh, Blues Drive Monster again asks most kissable Zeon suit. Gerbera Tetra because you know Sima's in there. You wouldn't want to. The cute has got a big imagine, long snout. You'd oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Imagine flight like getting out your mobile suit and doing the the quest roll and then just <laughs> giving a wee kiss to Zaku. <laughs> yeah, Zaku's have kind of got like wee little mouths. Yeah, the wee mouths. What about like a Kapul like taking you in his big Kapul arms and. Holding you, opening up in the middle and <laughs> crushing you. <laughs> oh, that'd be a good way to go, wouldn't it? Jug, juggle the big jugo, big elephant. Oh lady. yeah, yeah, yeah. This is gonna seem like I've edited it in a way that has made it seem like a a really lewd cast, an erotic but, episode. Of, but it's just what's happened. This is what happens when you've plumbed all the regular questions. You it's because it's because we've left it too long in between episodes everyone's pent up Evil Ninja Phil asks he says I'm building a pat labour kit from 95 this was my fault I made him buy it uh, and after <laughs> starting buy it because uh, he, he's, he's into pat labour and Banzai oh, okay. Hobby had them all on sale um, um, he, he asks what is our oldest gunpla well Agagai but I guess Rick Diaz maybe Agagai and then Rick Diaz is the oldest the second oldest one I've, I've got, got an old high, a 1-100 high grade Death Scythe Hell that was not fun to build 
Uh-huh. It was only the second kit I built, and it felt fun. But looking back on it, it was like worse than a high grade. <laughs> yeah. I'm not. I'm not sure. I'd, I'm not sure I'd buy a kit sort of pre. Like I think there's a point now where maybe years later, even later than 2000, maybe. Yeah. Depends on what the kit is and what the grade is. Uh, Drawn Robots again asks, "What machine from a non-Gundam robot anime would you like to see in kit form?" I got for me like I'm I'm be more interested in like. Uh, shmup kits oh like, yeah I know that they're making a, tw- a twin B kit it's like I'm working I think it might be a garage kit though but I'd really like like some classic shmup kits like I know you get like a Vic Viper and I've got a Silverhawk and that but I'd really like to see I'm trying to think attention. of robot shows that don't I'm going to say the, 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 the ship from Axley which I'm pretty sure is just called Axley uh, Metal Slug most oh, Metal Slug yeah. stuff I mm. love the designs of the Robotics or what would you call just the weapons? The, the machines? Mechs. I really like the Mecha and uh, Martian Successor in the Desco. There's some good mechs in there. I would like to see you get a kit. Maybe they did. Can I say what about Star Fox Plamo? That'd be good. All the machines from Zero would be pretty good as Plamo, I think. Yeah, Arwing Plamo would be amazing, actually. You got a. Star, Fox has, Star Fox has anime. Well, it has one episode of an anime, so there That's you go. true. That's true. Yes, got off on a technicality. Gigalithic asks, "What is the best antagonistic faction in Gundam?" Zeon. Um, it's Zeon. Come back to me. But yeah, classic Zeon. You got all the best characters. You got Shar, Garma, Giran, Dozel, Cassilia. That's yeah. just the Zabbies. You just like the Zabbies. I love the Zabbies. Oh, you got McCube. Even McCube. Jimmy Zabby. Uh, and Gigalithic also asks, the best antagonistic mobile suit? I mean, that's Saku. a very large that's, question. That's half of all mobile suits. <laughs> um, I still really like Rose and Zulu for me. Mm-hmm. Jack Taylor asks, who is the best shark clone? My shark clones uh, just even, uh, even though like this is he's a more tenuous shark clone, but I think Mister Bushido is probably my favorite. Oh yeah, uh-huh. like uh, Graham Ecker from well, Double Zero. Technically, there's only one shark clone, and it's full frontal. Full frontal, but so, full frontal is really good. I quite like full frontal. I like his style, mm-hmm. even if he is like a bit of a politician. Do you ever wonder what there. full frontal's hair would feel like as well? It's like all like puffy and like. Volume, like the volume on it like imagine running your hands Phil Frontal and Angelo's hair to come together oh in a nice sort of well when they have a child that's what it's going to be and then that child will go on to don a metal mask and uh, worse shark clone is Iron Mask because there's nothing shark like about him at all I quite like Mask from G-Reco because he's he's a principled guy standing mm. up for minorities likes the colour purple and pilots cool mobile suits. Mm. Harry. Harry Ord. Harry, oh, Harry Ord's pretty good. Harry Ord, yeah. You can't talk about Harry Ord without mentioning his great style. Mm-hmm. It's quite a wardrobe he's got. Mm-hmm. He is. And he's just a very nice guy, for the most part. I feel like F91 has the makings of the best shark clone. If you took some elements of Doral and some elements of Zabine and combined them so you had a, a Purple-haired eye patch man. I think you'd be on a winner <laughs> just there. Trying to see make an gave, ideal bishy. See if you give Angelo an eye patch man, you'd be fucking sorted. Let <laughs> me see. Uh, what's happening in this episode? It's very. <laughs> oh. Um, 
Agent Kill Cooper asks, painting. I got some lovely paint pens and I'm terrified. Any tips on how not to screw it up and how to rescue a screw up? Shake the pen. Shake the pens. Dispense with some the lid on your cutting mat. Yeah. Make sure it's mixed properly because if it's like that horrible milky way, it's not going to here. Um, the gunpla eraser can take it off, mm-hmm. but it'll make a messier eraser. So get some alcohol and yep. some cotton swabs. Baby wipes are great for you. You can basically rescue any paint, and even if you need to chuck the bit into some tarps for yeah, oil, yeah, it will yeah. be fine. No worries about paints. Just go for it. You know, maybe start Aye. with a, a low visibility piece of your kit if you're worried, but. It's unlikely you're mask going to cause... mask where you can. Mm-hmm. Then you'll. Yeah. The problem is like the paints let out, the paint markers let out a lot of paint, mm-hmm. so you really need to mask properly. Otherwise, it's going to see liquid the edge under there. Right and um, don't feel like you're shaking it too much because it really is. It takes a lot. Um, learn which part of the pen makes which amount of paint come out. Because if you just use the flat edge, everything's going to oh, be Oh, yeah, yeah, like you can just, yeah. Like, whereas, like, you can use the corner to just dab wee bits yeah, of paint yeah. on. So practice, That's a good tip. practice on some non-important plastic first. But. Or the insides, if you've got a large piece, maybe yeah. behind a shield. Um, the last question is from SpaceF91, who just wanted to ask about any non-Gundam plamel we might have built and what we thought of it. But I've not really built any other. I built the best mecha collection, General Frankie. Uh... It's pretty cheap, um, very big. Um, I would say if you're going to go for it, um, you're going to have to do a bit, fair bit of painting to make it look good. Um, it's very sticker heavy. I got it when I wasn't that confident with painting and I used a lot of stickers and a lot of stickers have since peeled off. Uh, so I need to go back and paint it. They're just very low quality stickers. Like an old like an old Lego set? Yeah, yeah. Um, I've also built obviously the Star Wars kits which are oh, yeah. brilliant I think brilliant. they're great they're, yeah, uh, they're all the same quality as Gundam kits require more painting than a usual Gundam kit but still very good and I'm trying to think if there's any other I think it's just Star Wars and One Piece I've built but the I've heard the One Piece ships are very good if you're interested in building those I've never I've never built any Koto kits from like none of the Ava stuff or that but I feel like I feel like I'm, we're so spoiled with Gundam and the amount of yeah. kits there are to build. I don't think I'll ever get round to. I do have that Silverhawk kit, which is partly assembled but needs a bit of painting because I want to make a really good job of it. So mm. I guess I could talk about that in future. But for now, we're still still Bandai boys, I'm afraid. <laughs> so check back with us at some point. Are you making fun of me, damn it? So that was Gumbra Dust Memories Episode 6. I'd like to extend a thank you to Barry Topping, Jim Purvis, and of course myself. You're extending a thank you to yourself now. I am. Thanks, I've, Owen. I've received Jeez. it. I've received it and I've taken it into myself and become job. even more powerful. Um, <laughs> I feel like it went well. I feel like you should just be the host from now on. You've done such a good job of it. Mm-hmm. Me and Jim can just sit here and... I've, I like to well, feel like I'm just... Each other. <laughs> I'm just sharing You're it. moderating. You're keeping us apart. You do I, stir the pot quite a lot yeah. outside of the podcast setting. Mm-hmm. You do. <laughs> I just... I like to keep the passion alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, it was great to Aye, talk As always, again. give us a shout because, again, it's always great yep. to see what people's building. Help the mentions. And More if there's anything we didn't cover that you did have some questions about, then just give us a shout as well. You don't need to wait till the podcast to ask us questions. We're always, always excited to hear from you. And playing us out this time is a song from Star F91. <laughs> <laughs> the closing tune... 
Yep, Eternal Wind, it's called. When um, Seabook and Cecil are having a wee, a wee winch in space. A wee spoon in space. That sounds ideal, doesn't it? Sounds good, I imagine it. Just, the air would just get sucked out of you as you were doing it. Bitch, anyway. Yeah.